Next on a special edition of BYU Sports Nation, signed, sealed, and delivered. Signing day, all access 2015 for BYU football. Head coach Bronco Mendenhall joins us for the next hour, breaking down each and every one of the signees. And BYU football winning Twitter. Prepare to meet the new guys. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Just sign on the dotted line for awesomeness. For the next hour, BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Wednesday, February 4th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with just Jerem Jordan. It's good to be back. I had a lot of fun this morning at the uh, signing day experience. I'll call it the experience. I don't know what else to call it. BYU had never done anything like that. They did it right. So so much energy out of that. Uh, Owned Twitter, tons of vines, Insta clips from us, reaction, analysis, highlights. It was awesome. The energy was great. All those former players there were just hanging out. It was fantastic to be there, and it's going to be fun for the next hour, breaking all of it down. Yeah, think about that. On National Letter of Intent Day, BYU winning social media. And there are a lot of elements to that. This Longy guy, six foot seven, four ten. Everyone's talking about him. The NFL, with their nine point two million followers, tweeted about him. <laughs> He's in the MTC, by the way. We saw a tweet from someone, maybe one of his teachers. He has his own chair, had a, to get special a special chair, chair to fit and seat the guy. That is a true story. Not to mention the raps uh, from Brandon Bradley, Preston Hadley, and Mark Atuaya. The coaches get plus all the up. coaches getting turned up. I mean, they've they've owned Twitter. It has been good. The head football coach of the BYU Cougars, star dancer, pride of American Fork High School, Bronco Mendenhall, back in studio. Coach, welcome back to the show on signing day. Man, I've been waiting to see you guys again. (laughs) No one's ever said that, so that's quite refreshing. Holy cow. Listen for the tone behind the words. Have you had fun today? Have you enjoyed this day? I've had a great day. And the the signing day experience, is that what you call it? I think that's accurate. It was so much fun. So there was, I had six hours of nothing other than just being with our guys, coaches, former players, current players, and just enjoying, and future players, and just enjoying, man, maybe the fruits of our labors and just being able to enjoy it. And so as the head coach, you don't get those chances very much, and it was so much fun to catch up with just everybody, and we really had a, we had a great time. And then I hear music playing, and there's dancing and rapping, and how, how I ended up in that room, I have no idea. But, yeah, next thing I know, there, there I am. You, you, went, you almost went like haka dance one time. You are kind of like this. You it, know? It, it's been a while. I was trying to, you know, I didn't have a signature thing to go to, so I was kind of exploring as I went. And the Boise State game, I thought, was kind of the signature. You yeah. didn't have room for that? Well, there's, I was restricted. Oh, here we go. So I was restricted. <laughs> so you can see kind of there was there's a, uh, a window wiping kind middle. of driving. I think a wiping driving kind of theme is State happening. State dance classic, Bronco. Exactly right, yeah. The tomahawk chop from, Co- Robert, from Robert and I, and I is uh, and outstanding. I, and then our, our, our football compliance or uh, honor code specialist, Fui, kind of with the chokehold. I'm not sure how that fits the in. The honor but, code specialist with yeah. the chokehold. <laughs> but it, it, it was so much fun. That defined the day, that video it, for BYU yeah, TV. It if was you missed so it, much fun. The BYU radio listeners are like, what's going on? We tweeted it <laughs> you, you can see it on BYU Sports Nation's Twitter account. It was a celebratory moment after, I mean, this is... This is really the beginning of the of the off season for you, Bronco. You mentioned to, that to me the other day, um, and so now is your time to kind of just sum everything up. We're going to talk about each and every one of the recruits and return missionaries, 
and give them their due credit. But uh, if you had just a minute or two to sum up the day, a minute the period, or two, whoa. Yeah. What what would it be? Well, going back to the the schedule, so Holly doesn't consider the season being over till today. So it starts in August, mm-hmm. and then so you play the season, but then there's the recruiting season, which right. is really one season. And so after I'm done with you guys and a few other interviews left, then uh, we get Thursday, Friday off, and then back to work Monday. And so then there's three weeks in spring practice. But then the summarizing begins of, okay, last season, what did we just sign? Were our needs met? What is What needs to happen for spring practice? And... In the meantime, those coaches are all driving to either Disneyland or some other places right now and <laughs> enjoying a long weekend and the fruits of their labor, which they worked really hard. Bronco Mendenhall with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's get to it, shall we? Yeah. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. We will go in alphabetical order. Now is the full-on breakdown of the 2015 BYU football recruiting class, and we will start on the offensive line with Brady Christensen, 6'6", 240, a kid that had committed to Air Force yeah. and then at the last minute said, you know what, I'm going to go with BYU. We, we, uh, so Coach Howell had been recruiting Bountiful High School, and Coach Wall is someone I trust. And he, he told us, man, this kid is an excellent, excellent player. And he's tough, and he fits perfectly at BYU. He plays center field on their baseball team, our offensive line coach. He plays center field? There you go, as an offensive tackle. So when you think about that, exactly right. Now, if he hit leadoff as well, which I don't know, (laughs) and led their team in stolen bases, then it's not talking. Exactly right. (laughs) So um, we weren't sure early on if he he was um, someone that we thought was um, at the top of our board. We ended up losing an offensive lineman. Then Coach Wall, his recommendation to me carried a ton of weight. Nick Howell was the primary recruiter. Then Coach 2J goes to see him, and it was, we got to have him. And he came on his visit, and I loved the guy. And so he's going to be really good. One of the big nasties. Yeah. Next up, Akile Davis, six foot one, mm. 186 receiver from DeSoto, Texas. Akile Davis is an amazing kid. He visited our program during the season, and it's so much fun. In fact, he had Holly's endorsement. So Holly, we go out to dinner, and mm-hmm. she said, oh, man, what an amazing young man. So when it's kid versus young man, you already know there's a status thing <laughs> yeah. there. Wants to be a math teacher and high school coach. Plays tight end for their team as well as kind of being flexed out. Then we went and watched him practice, and he was tough and physical and violent on the field, really interested in academics. And then he wants to be a math teacher, which then made my son Cutter say, okay, we got to have him. And then you watch him play, and he just he just loves BYU, and we think he's a great player, and he's versatile. So we love the big receiver types, and we love the small tight end types that you can flex out. And we especially love them if they aren't afraid to block and run into people. And he's all that. That's just the beginning of the Texas pipeline that we will discuss. I know. BYU huh? Sports Nation. Yeah. And really, really remarkable stuff right there. Back to the offensive line now for Demetrius Davis, one of the uh, later NLIs that came in today, 6'4", 265 from Pleasant Grove. Yeah. And so the cool thing about Demetrius is, um, so I have a great relationship with Les Hamilton. And maybe a week or two ago, I said, man, I've liked this kid's film for quite a while. <laughs> Just tell it to me straight. What do you think? And he loves him. And so Les's uh, opinion means a lot to me. And then I find out he was the wrestling partner of Zach Daw, who then was mm. had a, was All-American and had a chance to wrestle at Penn State rather than play football at BYU. And I'm starting, wait, they've trained together. That means they're really tough. And then I watch his film, and he's fast and he's athletic. And then I'm thinking, okay, what? why not? Uh, and he's right here. And so, uh, and then he loved BYU, and his parents loved BYU. So it just made a lot of sense. And to me, kids that really want to come, and parents that really want their kids to come, that carries a lot of weight. 
People love quarterbacks at BYU. That's what this next guy is. Bo Hodge, six foot one, one ninety eight, quarterback, Fort Thomas, Kentucky, son of Merrill. Yeah. So Bo, man, not only is he versatile, he's an amazing young man and leader, and a, a really nice kid as well. But a fierce competitor. He escapes. He creates. He eludes, and he just makes a million plays. Not only with his feet, but with his legs. So a lot of times, when a kid is mobile, you think, okay, that's the primary weapon. Mm-hmm. That's good until you watch him be mobile and then find an open place. And then when you watch him throw it, for his size, he has really, really good arm strength. And I, I just love when, when I watch him run, it is Taysom-ish. Hmm. Uh, not as big, but then you watch these kind of plays. That's three, four, five. And this this was the number one play six, on BYU TV, the number one seven, play on eight, Sports Center. Nine. That day. That's nine missed tackles on a single play. <laughs> wow. And so when you consider now what we currently do, and then someone that has that pedigree and trains like crazy and is a great kid and a great leader and can play quarterback and fits our system, yeah, we want him. I think people uh, think that the heir apparent is Tanner Mangum. Mm. I think Bo Hodge will compete for a starting spot. That, that right? is the idea. We love, love, love Tanner Mangum, and I love, love, love Bo Hodge. They are different. So we had Tanner for a spring prior to him going on his mission. What surprised me about Tanner is he runs well. Um, I knew he could throw it, but I was surprised. Wait a second, he runs pretty well. Mm. Bo would be, I was just the opposite. Man, he runs really well. Oh, but man, look how good he throws. So it's going to be really interesting. But either way, we have those two um, are are um, great in terms of potential and capabilities and and what they might be able to do. And then our intent will be probably to redshirt one to create at least a year of separation. And so we get the stacking that we're hoping for. In the meantime, McCoy Hill runs spring. Yeah, it's notable that Bo was a wide receiver until his senior yes. year in high school as well. And so he shows you his versatility right there. Back to the offensive line. Another guy that flipped at the last minute from Oregon State to BYU, Jacob Jimenez. Yeah, so Jacob, um, again, Oregon State within the coaching change is where that kind of pride provided an opportunity for us. He's versatile. He plays really well at center. He can also play guard, might even be able to play tackle. Um, and he's intellectual, and he's mature, and he's knowledgeable. And then he's got this side where he'll, he'll just basically destroy you on the field physically as well. <laughs> so when you see the way he finishes, that, that is something you have to want to do. And then so he, here he is in the classroom with his glasses on and all that, just destroying the classroom in terms of content. But then you look at the intent for him to finish, and, man, you t- start talking about what, what is the ideal. Um, so he's Karoma-like um, with his finishes, um, but he's, his st- study habits and all that is just amazing. So he, his family, they absolutely love BYU, as does he, and, and the feeling's mutual. Kiefer Longson is next, six foot seven, two ninety five, offensive tackle from San Ramon, California. This guy got a lot of major offers. Yeah, so Kiefer is as highly recruited as any offensive lineman, at least that I've had a chance to be involved in at BYU. And he's fast, he's athletic, he's tough, he's physical, he's a fantastic kid. On the visit, he's a great leader, so he's convincing other guys to come. And if when they were watching his highlight, I think they started listening because they didn't want to be the guy not to come or tell him no. Um, and he just... He is passionate about not only um, man playing football, but his education and his faith and coming to BYU. And he is even more valuable a tackle type, which, man, those guys are really hard to find. And he's super athletic. Mission first. Mission first. Uh, mission accomplished, adding depth to the offensive Good line. Nice. Sure. Mission aco- that, was, yeah, that? that was Woo! seamless. <laughs> J.J. Nwigwi, going back to Texas in that pipeline there, 6'4", 260 offensive lineman out of Rockwall, Texas. 
Yeah, really a fun story um, in terms of there was a, a connection there, which is a, a stretch. So, man, if I can remember this, Ziggy's sister, or Wiggy, we, we were calling him Wiggy, JJ's sister is roommates with Tijan Karoma's cousin at Baylor. <laughs> the dad then loves Ziggy and Tijan and wants him with us. And in the meantime, he's a tackle that's fast, athletic, tough, and and has just great upside and potential. So now you start thinking about Kiefer Longson at tackle. With this now, J.J. coming first, it's, man, the, the combination of fast, athletic, center fielder types at Bountiful being on the edge to, to protect as well as get downfield with the system we run, pretty fun. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Micah Simon, six oh. foot one, one eighty five wide receiver from Cedar Hill, Texas, was a quarterback in high school. I love Micah Simon, an amazing kid, an amazing leader. Played quarterback in high school. They won a state championship. Dual threat quarterback. We think he can play receiver for us because of his athleticism. But we love his leadership. We love his presence. We love his maturity. We love his family. Um, the and so people have already seen this and said, "Man, are you, are you sure he's not a quarterback?" <laughs> uh, no, I'm not sure. I mean, he's he's really a good quarterback, um, but when you watch him run in the open field, he's smooth, he's agile, he's a great athlete, um, and we think he can play wide receiver also. And so for us, that gives us a great chance. Again, Bo Hodge played receiver, so we, we want athleticism that fits BYU, and we think uh, Micah, besides that and leadership, he's going to be awesome. Charles West is another kid that brings athleticism to BYU out of Capel, Texas, 5'10", 187. I'm not kidding, Bronco. When I watched a film of this kid the first time, I thought he kind of looks like Reggie Bush. Yeah. He has that dynamic of, of lateral movement. So that, that's the, the dynamic part is really what we are after. We want a player at the speed back position that is Jamal um, and then whatever else you can get after that. And, and so Charles isn't as big, but he's fast, dynamic, and explosive. So someone that you can give the ball to like we can Jamal, and on any time he gets it, it could go the whole way. And so when I was defensive coordinator at BYU and we played Reggie Bush, and you just never knew on which given play it might go the whole way, Charles is that way. And so he gives us a dynamic, 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 explosive ball carrier um, with speed and agility. A&M, Oklahoma State, they came in late for him, so he goes to BYU. That's a big get. Yep. I see six guys from Texas. Why so many from Texas this year? It really wasn't targeted other than uh, Guy Holiday's a great recruiter. At, but then when, what we did go to Texas for is, so here's great high school football. Here's an area where most of, no, it's one of the most highly recruited and most Division One producing areas in the country. Now consider conservative values, consider Bible Belt-ish, and now consider that we had just beaten Texas and we have a great reputation right there now. And you put all that together and all of a sudden there are six guys that are coming out of the same area. So part recruiter, part area part quality of football, um, all that kind of blends in. Did beating Texas twice have anything to do with it? Absolutely. Yeah, it had Absolutely. to. So each time we walk into a school, um, or if we saw a Texas recruiter on the road, <laughs> just, this have we not seen enough. But really, the, um, as you know, word spreads and it becomes cool then, um, oh, BYU. You guys you know, were the ones that crushed Texas. And then it's their friends knew. And mm -hmm. so it was prestigious then to, wait, BYU wants you? And so it's really fun to have that momentum in an area based on how we've played. Back to the quarterbacks now. Cody Wilstead, 6'6", 215, uh, more pro style. Yep. 
But in this offense, we learned that you can have Taysom Hill and yep. you can have Christian Stewart and still be successful. He's more like Christian Stewart. He, he is, and, and Cody is a fantastic quarterback. Um, great vision, great poise, great maturity, super arm strength. He can make every single throw that's ever been known to have to make a throw. <laughs> well, then. And, and has the vision and the presence to do it. And so Robert and I, with Max Hall, with John Beck, we, we have great passing elements. And it isn't hard to have traditional runs or traditional offense. All we need to know is who's our quarterback, and then we can design it around him. And so if Cody ends up being our quarterback, which you think he has a great chance of being when he comes to BYU, there's so much we can do that might resemble parts of what we do, but it also might be completely different to match his skill set. And, man, he can throw it. So you have to be six foot six to be recruited by BYU, you know, at least. Well, um, it gives you a great chance at quarterback and receiver. <laughs> that, that's uh, and Charles. O-line. Yeah, Charles West. Um, He's the exception. If if you can make everybody miss on the field on any particular play, then you can be under six. <laughs> and then a four four five yeah. forty or <laughs> whatever helps. he ran. Yeah, that helps. Up next with Bronco Mendenhall on this signing day special of BYU Sports Nation defense. You prepared to talk some defense, Coach? I like defense. Okay. Yeah. I think we'll head that direction next. He's taking it back. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. Watching it on BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. We are with Bronco Mendenhall, the head football coach of the BYU Cougars on signing day, breaking down each and every recruit and return missionary. It is BYU Football All Access we're going defensive now. Time to get defensive. And, Bronco, you're going to be in charge of these guys full bore next year. We'll start alphabetically again with Zane Anderson, a kid mm. that's 6'2", 190 defensive back, has been compared to Daniel Sorensen. That, that's exactly where I was going to go with it, um, and that's a great compliment to Zane. He covers ground. He's not afraid. He'll hit you. He's a sure tackler. Great field presence and with good size. And so when you start talking about what we want at safety – if you can add a cross between Daniel Sorensen and Andrew Rich, that's basically what I think Zane is. Wow. And so I like – and both those guys are tough, great players, and so we think Zane is that. Um, mission plans? Yeah, so uh, mission plans for Zane, um, he will most likely – still being decided a little bit. Okay. So uh, most likely will play first, but I don't want to speak for him. Sure. Um, we'll be happy with either, um, and so we'll just kind of let that play out. Trevor Brent is next, 5'10", 165, another defensive back from Dallas, Texas. I hear he plays the violin. So Yeah, um, and so Trevor uh, had offers. The one other school that's not up there is Fresno State, so Fresno and Boise and then Yale. He's fourth in his class academically, first chair playing violin for not only the school orchestra, but I think it's the Dallas-Fort Worth Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> well, then. Um, he is a driven, motivated, and wouldn't consider any school unless they had a fantastic academic um, uh, reputation, and so he was eliminating schools first and foremost based on what kind of education he would get. Um, by the way, he then runs on their sprint relay teams and was a really good football player also in a secondary that I think had four Division One recruits. I'm not possible. I'm not positive, but he. We just think he's a fantastic young person and and an excellent football player. Up next in the defensive backfield is Riley Burt, a kid who was an outstanding running back as well yeah. from Manoa, Utah at Box Elder High School. But he's coming to BYU, I believe, just solely as a defensive back, correct? Well, so here's with Riley, and, and it, based on the week, it went from running back to defensive back to running back to defensive back because he can – our staff was fighting, but I'm the defensive coordinator now. 
so he's going to play defense. Veto, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of course. He, he, Riley is he's a fantastic running back, and, and I'm half joking. He could really play either, and that will be determined. We listed him as a defensive back today, but he's big, he's fast, he's physical. Uh, as you can see, a great smile, too. But he came to our camps, and I just watched him and said, oh, man, this guy is hes special because of his size, because of his speed, and and that just can't be taught. And then he's such a great and, and uh, fun kid to be around. He's, I think he's going to be really special. Jeremiah Aramia, 61250, yeah. middle linebacker from Hurricane, Utah. Best name of the class. It, 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 Jeremiah <laughs> is, he is a, a physical, violent, dynamic, explosive football player. When you watch his highlights, um, I, I could watch him all day. Because when, so when you watch highlights, there are tackles and then there are kind of explosions. And when, if, if you pull up his highlights and watch him, the majority of his tackles, he's number one fast and really quick, but there's stuff happening that's violent and physical and emotional. And the the defense plays with fantastic energy, a lot of times based on who the inside linebacker is and or who they are. And, man, I, I couldn't pick a better inside backer in terms of how physical, how fast, how violent on the field and uh, and just who he is. I, I love him. And that's a big deal because I think this year that that was a question and going into next yeah. year is, okay, who's the guy? Yeah. Who are the guys in the middle? It, it's it's not – I think you're right the first time. It's not um, uh, It's not who are the guys. We need who is the guy. Who is Ogletree? Who yeah. Is Wa- who who's is Wani? Who is Wani? Who's Shane Hunter? Yeah, who's Shane Hunter? Who's Wona Kavanga? Who, who is Bellman. that? Yeah, not, not the outside backers. That inside, who is the guy? And that's what we need. And so we're hoping that – these next generation of linebackers, when they come in, it's, oh, he's going to be the guy. Whether he is or not as a freshman, you can clearly say oh, he's going to be the guy, and that's what we think. Wow. On the outside of that linebacker position, another Kafusi. Yeah. How many are there? <laughs> it's the I, end of the line, right? What, what I, no, what, I, what I've told Steve is his job security really is based on um, his – Offspring. Uh, <laughs> well, here's Devin and, and at 6'6", so, 235. So Devin, I offered a scholarship to really young um, as I just watched him warm up, and I saw Bronson and I saw Corbin in him. And since then, now he's 240 pounds, and he's getting bigger and bigger. He might be a defensive lineman. He might be an offensive tackle. He might be an outside linebacker. What I know from, from his brothers is he's going to be diligent, obedient, tough, fast, hardworking, mobile, with long levers, huge range, and passionate about BYU. And so it was an easy choice. And and so, I mean, the Kafusis, their entire family are just wonderful people. And Steve and Michelle have done a great job raising these kids. And um, they're just a pleasure to coach. Mission first? Mission first. Okay. Can you be too tall to play football? <laughs> like Corbin, yeah. Corbin grew, and then it became basketball, you know? Well, so I, I don't know if you can be too tall, and I wanted Corbin to still play, and he starts lifting and et cetera, and he's realizing, wait, how am I going to put this much mass on this frame now at 6'8 or 6'9? They list him at 6'10. Yeah, 6'10 now. And so now he's playing, and, he's, and while he's training with us, as he comes back from his mission, he's now playing pickup games with Hoop. And he's realizing, wait, I'm better now than what I was in hoop. Yeah. And I'm working like crazy to bench press and get this is a better fit. And so, yeah, um, hard for me, but great for him. And I support him. And who knows with Devin how big he's going to get. Uh, Diane Lake, 5'11", mm. 190, defensive back, Leighton, Utah. This was a good get. Yeah. Diane is a warrior. I mean, he's one of those guys that on their high school team, if he goes away, they might drop football. 
that's an exaggeration, <laughs> but he does so many different things. You know, he, he can play running back. He can play corner. He can return kicks. He's physical. He's tough. He plays every play. He's hurt. He's not hurt. It doesn't matter. He just keeps playing football. And then he has that, um, that smile and that, the passion he's had for BYU for so long, everything that we do. And I, one of the things I ask kids to do is come to our camp to show that they're interested and we can evaluate them. He, he would be the all-camp, come-to-everything guy from the time he was, you know, I don't know how old, maybe ninth grade or eighth grade. He just he, And that goes a long way with me that guys keep coming back and saying, Coach, quit looking. I'm here. Coach, quit lo- I'm here. Coach, quit looking. I'm here. And then you watch his film, and it's like, okay, you are here. Come Let's let's do this. It's worth noting he is a product of Northridge High School. Northridge High School. Daniel Got a night alum right here. Yeah, <laughs> and that's right, myself. So Daniel Coates is a he was a really good player and he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> and and and, and, and Diane Lake is okay. following this very good. All right, so glad that Northridge Bronco beat Copper Hills in the first this. round my senior year, so I'm ticked at Northridge. So. <laughs> I've always sensed the tension between the two of you. And, that's the only tension there is, Coach. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Up next, the guy that has taken the nation by storm. The world. Ser- seriously. <laughs> the NFL tweeted about him, as Jerry mentioned, with almost 10 million Twitter followers. Everybody can't get enough of this guy. He's on his mission. Moda Kiailangi, 6'7", 410-pound. <laughs> Who knows what he's going to be. Andre the of, Giant. <laughs> out of Liahona Tonga. People are calling him Mount Mormon. <laughs> I love that. Really? Who? Yeah. The, you were the, the internet. People. The internet. That that could be an amazing thing because so I don't know what what uh, Motokaya is other than he's six seven four hundred and ten pounds. That while we went to where Tonga um, a number of years ago, I mean, there's word that he can play basketball, uh, and there's word that he's light on his feet, and so I listened to the stories, and but until he came to to come to the MTC on his mission, and he stops into my office. And this before. is what, a week or two ago? Less than a week. So what, what day is today? This so is last week. Last week. Last week, two, Tuesday, I think, or Monday, um, stops by my office before he's going into the MTC to be introduced. So I listened to Coach Kafusi to some extent. Yeah, 410, no way. There's this guy. Yeah, yeah. Thongin, 410, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just 410, no. He's, there's no way. And the athletic program. Exactly right. And so I have a picture of what that's going to look like. And, yeah, I saw pictures. Of, but then he walks in, and it was like, he's 6'7", 410, and he doesn't look fat. No, he's, he's Goliath. He's Goliath. Exactly right. And so it was like, okay. And then this thought comes, well, why not? Just he got he has to be able to play something, and I think he can. I don't know what yet, and I, I'm not positive other than he's humble, he's hardworking, he's a great fit at BYU, and he's 6'7", 4'10", and he's light on his feet. So it'll be fun to see. So did you, in, in that moment, say, yeah, I'm going to offer you a scholarship? I, it was, you hadn't decided? I, Immediate. I, there, there was no, Why not? There yeah. was no thought of offering him a scholarship. Wow. So I'd never met him. He plays no football, um, have no film. Um, I'm going off just one of my coach's word, which does matter, but there's, no, there's nothing. There's no camps. There's no uh, – there's just – Six, seven, four hundred. Yeah, he's pretty light on his feet. I've seen him play a pickup game at hoop or something, or a church member saw him, and now he's in my office. Well, he walked in. It's okay. Scholarship. <laughs> Why? After I've known him less than fifteen minutes and have seen no film, and it just was one of those things. Have you ever done that before? First time ever, and probably the first time ever, or he, the last time ever. I don't know. 
He became the most famous BYU football player very quickly today. <laughs> Mount Mormon is Mount I, Mormon. I, I'm not a, usually a nickname person. That is, I like that. He's in the MTC right now. Yeah. He's up the street. There he is. Okay, we have a picture with Bronson Kafusi. Bronson Kafusi <laughs> looks like looks, I do. Looks small right there. Bro- Bronson right now is about uh, almost two seventy, and so Bronson looks um, and thin. Bronson he looks, looks very average. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I mean, that's that's an unbelievable story, and it's it's taken over social media. David Louie, six foot four, yeah. two fifty five, defensive lineman, Pittsburgh, California. David came to our camp, um, which, by the way, I ask all guys that are interested in BYU to do. And I love the ones that respond because they're saying, yeah, I want to be at BYU. I'm going to come show you my stuff. So there's not this entitlement approach. It's all come prove it. And so he comes to camp, and it's just, okay, I like him. Watch him the next practice. I really like him. Watch him the next practice. I really like him. And then he's working hard. And so he didn't just come for one practice. He came for day in and day out. And so that shows kind of grit and consistency. And then he's big, and then he's tough, and then he's physical, and then he's living the standards, and he's a good student, and then he's a good player. And so he is BYU. And Pittsburgh High School, their main rival is De La Salle. De La Salle, oh. you know, wins the majority yeah. of those. But I used to recruit Pittsburgh. I know a lot about that area. Then I meet his family, and he just he's a great fit here. And he's in a 3-4 defense. Um, he fits really well. Tavita Mounga mm. is a guy that has a connection. Tyler Cook is from Vista Marietta High School, and here comes Tavita at 6'3", 300 pounds, also on the defensive line. Highly recruited, um, and but really we didn't have to. Um, he committed early, and it wasn't nationally publicized or anything, but he is right now about 330, fast, quick, athletic, tough, physical, violent, explosive. And when you now start thinking about a nose tackle, that is um, somewhere between um, Romney Funga, uh, Travis uh, Tuiloma, Loni Fangupo. Um, we need players at that spot that can play at a really, really high level. And he's that guy. He plays with great leverage. He's super quick. He's fast. And all the kids that come from that high school, man, they fly around and they chase the football. And that matters to me. And so a lot of his training has already started. He's going to be really good. Another linebacker and inside linebacker, Will Sedgwick, mm-hmm. 6'2", 220, Laguna Hills, California. Uh, man, I think Will has a 4.4 weighted GPA. How does that even happen? I don't know. Uh, so I'm still waiting for someone to explain that to me. <laughs> weighted. But he is. So he, again, came to our camp, and you talk about tough. I mean, he is just hard, hard-nosed. And at the front of every single line, um, leading and encouraging his teammates, uh, how he goes, their entire team goes. Um, he doesn't get tired. He plays relentlessly. And he reminds me um, of a... Uh, a more compassionate version off the field of Ogletree. But then, <laughs> Cameron but, Jensen, maybe? Yep, there you go. He, he would be in that. Um, so He's not crazy is what you're saying. Um, off the field, he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 On the field, it's similar. You want a little crazy on the field, right? You want quite a bit of crazy oh, on the field. Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. The last, I believe this was the last letter of uh, intent to come in, is from Mika Tafu out of mm. Laie, Hawaii, 63225 very highly recruited guy and, and a big-time get for this program. Um, my fa- Maybe my favorite story. Um, so as I visit with him in his home, uh, he's getting up at 4.30 every morning. His seminary starts at 5. He's then catching a bus to Kamehameha from Laie, which is another hour or an hour and a half-ish. Gets home at night about 8. Great family, wonderful mom. And then he just, I actually, he actually committed to us very, very young. And lost his dad, and then he and his mom and family have just been carving out this wonderful life. And then here he is now getting all this attention, and he stayed grounded the entire time. He stayed focused. He stayed humble, and he's so hardworking. 
I, I absolutely love who he is. And holy cow, is he a really good player? And an outside linebacker in 3-4, we are... We're in business. You loaded. He yep. toured the building in the set a week and a half ago. Oh, good. We tried to seal the deal, Bronco. But, you know, he didn't. Looks tell, like we did it. Yeah, he didn't tell me that um, it was <laughs> we, but uh, man, I, I, I think it could have been we. <laughs> he just forgot <laughs> yeah. to mention that. Uh, okay, halftime here on this BYU Sports Nation Signing Day special with Bronco Mendenhall. We've gone through the offensive and defensive signees. Now it's time to meet the transfers and the return missionaries up next. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUSportsNation.com. Coming up Friday and Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. BYU men's volleyball versus Cal Baptist. Check it out on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're number seven. We are number seven. Do you like volleyball? I love, I love volleyball. We have a great team. It's fun we to watch. We have a great team, men and women. That we do. National runner-ups. Hashtag analysis, there baby. We, <laughs> we have met the offensive and defensive signees. <laughs> that is not tonight. Oh, sorry. <laughs> For all of your BYU needs, Bronco <laughs> Mendenhall will be tweeting this out. Uh, okay, time to meet the transfers. Only, only a couple. Um, one of which you would expect to uh, probably make an immediate impact. We'll get to him in a moment. Let's start with Squally Canada. Mm. Squally uh, is coming to us from Washington State. And um, normally I, I stay pretty clear of uh, transfers like while they're younger in their eligibility. Last year, obviously, we took some graduates who were then transferring. But Squally um, wanted a different experience. And after meeting him, after knowing some people that gave me a recommendation of him, and then seeing who he really was with his dad, and then looking at our needs, and then saying, man, does he fit here, and can he fit on and off the field? Um, I thought so. And so he's physical, he's tough, he's quick, and he fits in the speed back category that can also, um, man, run for power. And so kind of part Jamal, part Algie Brown, hmm. part whoever else is even faster. You know, there's some kind of combination, so I really like who he is. Yeah, four-star guy coming out yeah. of high school. At, I know uh, you love the stars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his first name's Orion, Bryant. the belt. And yeah, exactly. Big Dipper. Bryant is his first name. Squally is a nickname. So so Squally, though, the nickname has significant meaning to him. Ooh. And so that's not one of those things you just kind of throw out there. It's He's Squally. And what's, what's the meaning? You ought to have him on sometime. And I'll let him explain it. We look are at, look at that. to do that. There you go. Bronco just gave me the Heisman. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you giving us permission to have him on before he and I don't think so. But, <laughs> there but is it, a rule. We have will, to wait. It will be a great interview. And, <laughs> In September. Yeah. And and substance and depth. And it'll give you an insight into him. He's, he's an amazing kid. I can't wait. In for six months from now. <laughs> the other transfer is Eric Takanaka from Snow, 5'10", 205, defensive back from Salt Lake City. Eric, um, 4.0 student, uh, West High School, then goes to Snow College, led the nation in punt returns. He also returned kicks. He can play corner, he can play safety, and he can play nickel. Um, so super smart, very diligent, um, very tough, um, was not highly recruited. Um, but we think all those things put together, and for BYU, and with our system and our needs, um, we think he fits really, really well. And so it's been fun. He's already in our program. He's training hard, um, loves it here, and loves the people. And just um, So we think he's going to have a nice career with us. Do you expect him to participate and, and play immediately? I, I think he's going to have to. Um, he certainly will have the opportunity to. What I can't tell you right now is where. 
And so I'll look at the corners in the spring and say, okay, might need them there. I'll look at the cat safeties in the spring and say, ah, possibly. I'll look at the free safeties. I'll look at the nickels. And then so he just needs to keep working hard wherever we start him um, in spring practice. And then where I assess everyone else will kind of end up being where he goes. There are six returned missionaries, uh, meaning they signed and then they went. Um, and so we'll start with uh, Nathan DeBikus out of yeah. Thousand Oaks, California, another running back. Na- Nathan DeBikus, we have listed at running back. He really reminds me a ton as a clone of Spencer Hadley, where he could be a running back, which Spencer is currently playing with the Raiders. He could be an inside backer, which Spencer played for us. He could be a safety or he could be an outside backer. We're going to put him at the big back running back spot to start as he played that at Thousand Oaks High School, but he was also really good on defense. So big athlete, fast athlete, really good young man coming back from his mission. But, man, he's really versatile and he's really good. At tight end, uh, Moroni Laulu Pututau, and then Tanner Mangum. Let's talk about Tanner for a okay. minute. Uh, so, heir apparent, like we mentioned, uh, back from mission in June. Yeah, back from mission in June, and, and really the only advantage he has, if any, over Bo Hodge is that he was with us for a spring. Mm-hmm. And so he is older. He's been on his mission. He was with us with the sp- for a spring before his mission. A little bit more familiarity with BYU, um, a little bit more familiarity with the system. That doesn't mean that that just defaults to him, but, man, what I saw in the spring I really liked of him. And so eventually, again, either Tanner or Bo, they'll be a staggered there because they're both really good players. What I liked about Tanner is he, he just he ran better than I thought, and he throws it really well as an Elite 11 player. And, um, and so I think we're, the future is really bright at quarterback for us. I'm going to guess Tanner, who was a co-MVP in ESPN's Elite 11 quarterback camp with Jameis Winston, I'm guessing he will give you no off-the-field issues. Man, that's so one of the great things, and I can't say I never have any at BYU, but just what it takes to be considered an off-the-field issue at BYU <laughs> is really different than what it takes to be considered an <laughs> off-field issue somewhere else. A little bit. Yeah, so um, what, I, what I really worked hard to do, um, and, and so do our players, is just to, to meet the standards because they want to, not because they have to, and, and Tanner will do that. The next three return missionaries, Talon Shumway, Talmatu Tofi, and Josh Weeks. Talon Shumway sticks out to me because uh, he was a guy that played basketball as well with Eric Mika, Nick Emery, T.J. House, but he's a wide receiver. Yeah, so go- going back, uh, Moroni um, from before on the last slide, um, Moroni is uh, cut in the Cody Hoffman, Mitch Matthews body type mold, except really explosive and dynamic. So either will be a big wide out or a smaller tight end that's flex, but he's going to be exceptional. Josh Weeks, adding onto that, is a similar body type. Uh, a little bit longer and rangier in terms of not quite as sudden, more of a 400 than 200 runner, but um, very skilled. Uh, Tofi, another defensive lineman in 3-4. And, man, I missed the last Talent. Talent. Oh, Talent, man. Great receiver. Really dynamic. Uh, I remember a highlight flip film of him in high school doing a flip to get in the end zone. I remember zone. that as well, yeah. And a fantastic basketball player. We can't wait for him to get back. He's going to be really good. So at receiver, you're going to be looking at a lot of height across the board, a lot of range and a lot of weapons for our quarterbacks to hit. All right, Talon Shumway, Taumatatofi, and Josh Weeks round out our returned missionaries that can participate and hopefully impact this BYU football team in 2015. We remind you with the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome to the club. Up next, more Q&A with Bronco Mendenhall, the head football coach at BYU. What does he think about the approaching schedules? And what about the ACC? I'm glad they changed their mind. I'm guessing he is, too. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. 
Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here with Bronco Mendenhall. It is a signing day special. Gymnastics try me coming up this weekend on BYU TV as well. It's against Boise State, Denver, BYU involved. Saturday, you say, like, who's playing? Or, or when you say gymnastics? it's a competition, it's a meet. So who's competing? Who's competing? Who's, who's competing? competing? Yeah, that's the right verb. I was going to say who we playing. That's right. <laughs> that doesn't fit. All right, let's start this segment over. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> As I mentioned, Bronco Mendenhall with us here to uh, talk about signing day. We've broken down all of the recruits, the signees, the return missionaries, the transfers. Let's play. Let's yeah. play. Let's go. We okay. got the guys. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> how many days is it? No, I don't know. Okay. I know exactly how many days it is. We'll tell you, you later. We will. We'll get to that. Party atmosphere very much in the, si- mm. in the football offices today, uh, signing day extravaganza. BYU, BYU did it right, Coach, and you had a ton of of uh, your former guys come back. It was a unique opportunity. It, it was so much fun. And what was even better is I had nothing to do with it. So I, I just <laughs> I just see things being hammered and, and hung. And, and then all the former guys are coming back. And then it looks like this. And that's what happens when there's free time, great things happening in the program, and chances just to relax for a little bit and enjoy the program. And it, it was just... <laughs> The former players, as they came back, and these are all guys that played for me, or most were, and it was, there's the original, man, I haven't seen you for a while, and which is my fault. But then it's after two or hours or three, when they had stuff to do, they weren't going. They were staying. And you they lingered for a long time. It was, and then so, man, to watch that on film right now, it just, it's, I, I love it. Um, and would love more opportunities um, to just have that fit into and everything else that I got going in my life, and and I I would love it, and just um, so I'm going to keep working on it to try to have more of those experiences. With the signing day, some guys don't play for a couple of years. They go on missions. Yeah. They'll be a redshirt year. They might just be a backup for a year or something. Who are some guys that you think have a shot at making immediate impacts this fall? Man, it really goes by um, maybe what position needs rather than the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, so I look at okay, where's the opportunity for someone to really uh, step in and contribute. Um, so knowing that Jamal is coming back from an injury and Adam Hine is coming back from injury, then a lot of it, I could go maybe right to Charles West and say, okay, based on how these guys come back and how long it takes and what that looks like, maybe, you know, maybe you go there. Um, but there aren't many places that I can just say, man, if we don't have this guy play right now, we're going to be in trouble. And so, um, I don't think there's a fair answer to that, not only for my current team, but for these kids, because we've. We're about to the point where we've managed our personnel to the level where there aren't these gaping holes and having to go JC or et cetera. So that was was what was fun about this class. It's two JC. Yeah. So without as many JC, without as many transfers, it's just this is kind of normal where we've reached a point in quality and depth where um, I feel it's more sustainable. And sorry, one JC and then one D1. So is there a position or two that you need to make sure that you're ready to go more than others? I I would say – um, field corner, uh, so Michael Davis's development there might have a lot to do with where I play different people in the secondary. And so uh, I think he's capable, and I, I feel good about that. Micah Hanneman just came off a mission who I think has great potential and is kind of long and rangy but fast. Um, so there's some options there. Other than that, um, again, the possible issue at running back based on health of our guys coming back and possibly at that one corner spot. The rest, as I look at it, we have guys now who is the guy or who are – the right guys, that spring will tell me that. Then if I'm asked this question after spring, then I might say, okay, now this incoming class, this looks like now a spot and et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
One of the big questions heading into spring football is what will the quarterback situation mm. be because Taysom's yeah. coming off a significant injury and Tanner Mangum's not going to get back until June and, and the other guys that you recruited today that signed are, are not going to be available until the fall. So what do you do there? Yeah, that, that right now is, is one of the biggest questions, and so it's great news for McCoy Hill because McCoy <laughs> gets a chance to be the quarterback for an entire spring with a backup who was our scout team player last or scout team quarterback last year in Hunter Moore. So there are two quarterbacks. And so when now you think about spring, we're going to know everything about those two. And so McCoy Hill will either play his way into this whole conversation um, or will demonstrate that um, he's a year out or something like that. So he'll get a great opportunity. Spring, however, is a point where your team does not look like it does in spring as in the fall. And so, man, you kind of try to piece together the best practice structure and bodies you can in the right lineup to, to evaluate and find what you need. But that one particular position is really similar to the rest of them for spring is that you're limited in depth. There's a couple guys that you really need to evaluate, some that are just there to help you practice, and then here comes depth of two, three, and four, or one and two in some spots in, in maybe the fall. A lot of big games have been announced recently regarding mm. scheduling. Is 2015 a sort of model of what you hope independent scheduling is like? It is, and I'd like to take a minute with this because um, so what is really clear, the college landscape is shifting. Four of the five power conferences to this point have made it really clear that BYU is a power five school in terms of their scheduling, and when they're thinking about playoffs, they will schedule BYU because it's like um, playing another team that's within their league. And I mean, the one that didn't is the SEC? The one that did not is the SEC, and, and we have games with LSU and Old Miss and Missouri already scheduled. And I would anticipate there are more to come. And so if that happens, that basically is already saying without saying yet officially um, that that is the case. So if that is, then what happens is Notre Dame is over here Eastern-ish, BYU is over here Western-ish as the remaining Power Fives that are independent in terms of if you look at who's playing whom. And what I believe has to happen, and my vision for the program is simply we need to play every great team we can play um, on the biggest stages possible with as much exposure. And unfortunately, right now, there's leverage from conferences to independent of we have to go on the road to do it. I'm willing to do that, saying it's even going to be harder. If if someone within a league were to say, okay, here's our schedule for the upcoming year and all the best teams were on the road, there would that team would throw a fit um, and the AD would throw a fit. As an independent, um, we are and need leverage. The only way that I think we can get that from the position we're in is to schedule, play, and beat those teams. And so, and then hope you get home games out of them? That's, that's what my hope is. And so what this year's model, and eventually these teams are all agreed to come to Provo, but right now let's say we'll play them in 16, they'll come back in 2030. You know, it's, that's an exaggeration. But Without get, actually putting it in the contract? No, it's in the contract, oh. but it's 30. You know, Essentially? Basically. <laughs> so... Um, um, what I'm saying is um, rather than wait for someone to to ex acknowledge and say, even though, yeah, ACC will schedule and play, um, I'd rather go to them and be more aggressive rather than waiting for someone to come to us. And certainly there's risk, um, and there's risk as a head coach. But what I want is, okay, if we're going to Nebraska, to UCLA, to Michigan, uh, Missouri and Arrowhead Stadium, as well as all the other good teams we're going to be playing, we're going to have a great idea of what needs to improve in the program, how far we are, how ready we are, and so is the world. And that has to happen. And I want growth, I want progress, I want advancement, and I don't want to wait. Yeah, and that goes back to what you said to me last year, and that is not we have to play these teams. We get we're to. choosing to, and, choosing. and we get to play yeah. those teams. You're taking over the defense. Um, 
which quite honestly excites much of BYU Sports Nation because of your successful track record. A Bronco defense has been a top 25 defense, if not a top 10 defense in several statistical categories. Uh, what went into that whole decision process? Man, so, so, so much. Um, I've chosen not to coordinate on two different occasions. Um, both, both of those occasions, there were four-game losing streaks built into that, and, and, um, and I didn't feel like on game day, and, I, and I'll go back to say why I did it to start anyway, on game day, I didn't feel like I was controlling the outcome of the game at a high enough level. It is much harder, and there are sacrifices, and there are relationships outside, including former players that, no question, suffer because of my involvement of them being in the schematic part of the game. Um, I want our team with our resources and our coaching staff to have the best chance to win. And one more defensive coach, we have strong defensive coaches, and Nick Howell is a fantastic coach. And I love everything about how he does it and who he is and the job he's done. But he was running that defense with one less resource, a lot less experience, and a lot less input. And, and so um, I think it will work best, and it always has. So we've averaged being in the top 20 in scoring defense eight of those years that I was the coordinator. So that's take all those years together and say, what's the average? It's always been in the top 20 in scoring. When you do that, you win a lot of games. And this year, we, we possibly get one more overtime win and one more double overtime win. That's 10 wins, not eight. And that margin is pretty thin, and I want to contribute. That's where you want to be, and it all leads to BYU at Nebraska. Down to the Cornhuskers. 2.13. We count down every day to Nebraska. 2.13. You have a clock up in your lobby that has this very number. Is there a way that having that recording and you guys saying it could be like when the date changes? It's like an alarm clock? We'll look into that. That sounds good. terrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, saying <laughs> I want, I'm not saying I want to hear it because I'm not where that clock is, but it, it might be fun. I have you. a hard enough time doing it every day. <laughs> Back to put a bow on things with Bronco Mendenhall on the signing day special. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Today's rise and shout to the rap trio of Preston Hadley, you! Brandon Bradley, and Mark Octawai. Get it done on signing day. <laughs> that was fantastic. And what a day it's been. It's fantastic. Bronco, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, it's been good. I yeah. really enjoyed it. And so Huge thanks to next you. Next year, same time. Yeah, we'll yeah. be here. Let's do it again. Maybe biannual. Would that be too much? <laughs> no, no, annual, baby. Every every year. That picture right there, that is BYU football. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan Pendleton, BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow. We were playing at the University of Pittsburgh. It was my first collegiate football game. My first three passes were incomplete, weren't even close to being completed. As I was walking off the field, Coach Edwards was walking towards me, and I thought, oh, boy, this is the end. But he came over, put his hands on my shoulder, told me to relax, just go out there and play. Having him believe in me changed my life. Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Remember when? Remember why? BYU alumni connected for good. This is BYU Sports Nation in a Minute. I'm Spencer Linton alongside 2009 BYU football signee Brian Logan. A plethora of talent have officially signed to become the 2015 class of BYU football. You should remember the following, starting with Motokiai Longi, 6'7", 410 pounds. That was not a mistake. 410 pounds. A lean 410 pounds, by the way. That's enough said right there. Absolutely. Four-star recruit Kiefer Longson brings immediate depth to the offensive line, Brian. Not only depth, but he can actually make an impact right now. He has all the skill sets, the intangibles to make an impact immediately. And we got to mention one of your guys, defensive back Diane Lake, Northridge High School 
Utah product. Yeah, a kid that can come in and play right away and compete, make a huge impact, good speed, size, ability to take it all the way to the house. Texas, California, Utah pipelines, get her done. Tomorrow on the show, Daniel Sorensen. That's BYU Sports Nation in a minute.